Hello, vampires and slayers. This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is, finally, after five fucking months, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh yeah, I am even more excited than you, and I'm back in my squeaky chair, so let's go. (laughs) This may be one of the last podcasts you hear with my squeaky chair, because... I might be getting a new one that might not be squeaky. Oh yeah. So, um, I know you guys don't miss me because I've been around, but I know you miss Buffy. So finally, 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 I'm going to do a previously on Buffy right now where I'm going to go through every single episode and, um, give you the title of the episode and then rename it like it's a friend's episode. Now, I had planned to find my old notes when I did this the last time, but I can't find them. So that means we're going off the cuff, and this might just be a tradition where I never write it down and I just do my previously on Buffy's in between seasons where I rename each episode off the cuff as to what I remember about that episode at that exact moment. So it's an ever-changing list. Because I don't feel like going back and finding. I don't even know when I did this. Did I do it in between seasons one and two? Did I do it when we had like a big gap in season two? I don't remember. But um, yeah, let's get into it. Previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay, wait a second. I feel like I need to explain a little bit. If you happen to be a human who has just discovered my podcast this summer when it was a whole summer of me and my mom reviewing movies. My podcast is actually, it's a Buffy recap podcast 75% of the time. And the reason it's only 75% of the time is that I do it in sort of a weird way. I don't think anyone else does this. I think it's a cool idea. When I become a famous podcaster, this will be the thing that I'm known for, which is every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I review, recap whatever, whatever, exactly 20 years after its original air date, which means I started this podcast on March 10th of 2017, because March 10th of 1997 is when the first episode aired. So sometimes that means I have to go a really long time, which just so you guys will remember my struggle. The last episode I got to review of Buffy the Vampire Slayer was May 19th. If you're counting, that's June, July, August, September. Four months. Okay, so I was saying five before. Four months and ten days. So, season three, episode one, is the next episode I will be recapping, and that will be up on September 29th, which is less than a week from right now. Happy fall, everyone, if you're listening to this um, in fall times, whether that be in 2018, which is the earliest you could listen to this, because that's when I recorded it, or some other time period in the future. If you're from the future, hello. I hope things have gotten better. Surely they have. Okay, so that little aside, done. Let's go through and rename every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer as if it were a Friends episode. And we're going to go all the way back every time, I think. I think that's going to be the tradition. So, episode one, Welcome to the Hellmouth. The one where you find out 
that Sunnydale is on the mouth of hell. Um, th these are probably not going to be that great off the cuff. Man, I wish I could find my list. Where the fuck did I write it down? I have like a binder of Buffy notes and it's not in there. And it's not on my like uh, cloud notes. It's probably in some like random journal that I happen to be using at the time. And I don't know when that was. And none of my journals are organized. I'm sorry, you guys. <laughs> okay. Episode two. The Harvest. The one where Luke is a vessel. Okay. <laughs> These are terrible. <laughs> Episode 3. The Witch. The one where um, this mom like totally Freaky Fridays with her daughter because she wants to relive her cheerleading days and it doesn't go well. Okay. Episode 4. Teacher's Pet. The one where your teacher is a praying mantis. Episode 5, Never Kill a Boy on the First Date. The one where you find out that Buffy's not a regular girl. She doesn't get to date. Okay? It's also the one where that famous quote where Buffy holds up the beeper and tells Giles, If the apocalypse comes, beat me. The pack. I'm not going to say the episode numbers anymore. Or do you think I should? Yeah, let's not. Okay. We're still in season one. The pack. The one where Xander's a hyena and he doesn't understand consent. Angel. The one where you find out Angel's a vampire. I, Robot, you, Jane. The one where you find out that people might not be who they say they are on the internet. Cautionary tale. The puppet show. The one where um, puppets are really creepy. Nightmares. The one where everyone's worst nightmares come true. Out of mind, out of sight. The one with the invisible girl. Prophecy girl. The one where Buffy wears that white dress. It's real good. It's real good. Okay, so now that was the first 12 episodes of season one. We have just finished season two and we're starting to talk about season three next week. So... Season two was pretty damn epic. It had 22 episodes. Let's get into it. Previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Episode one, when she was bad. The one where Buffy's a real bitch. A real beep. Episode two. I need to keep my finger on this because I keep like looking away and then forgetting where I am. Some assembly required. The one where they try to do like a Frankenstein's monster plot, but it's really badly executed. One of the rare bad episodes. School Hard. The one where Spike is introduced. That's how everyone remembers that one. Inca Mummy Girl. The one where Xander falls in love with an ancient mummy. And also, I think this is the one where they have that cute conversation Buffy, Xander, and Willow at the end where they're sitting around the um, fountain and they're talking about how they'll never have a real relationship and they're laughing about it and then they all kind of look away like, oh god, that's really sad. <laughs> um, possibly that's not the one, but I think it is. Reptile Boy, the one where frat boys worship a penis monster in the basement that makes them rich. Halloween, 
the one where everyone turns into their costumes. Classic. Probably the most classic Halloween episode of any television show ever. Come at me. Lie to me. The one where Buffy... Re the Buffy and the show itself, this was kind of a deep episode because they sort of introduced the concept that, like, if this show is going to continue for several seasons, we're going to have to start getting more nuanced, and that's about to come. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's really what their intention was, but there was that whole conversation with Giles and Buffy in the cemetery where she was all like, she had just had to, like, sort of indirectly kill an old friend because he had cancer and he was trying to get himself turned into a vampire and he was being real evil about it. And, um, she was, they were at his, like, grave at the end of the episode. And she was asking Giles, like, does it ever get easy? And he's like, what do you want me to say, Buffy? <laughs> and, and she's like, lie to me. And they talk about how the bad guys are always obvious because they're wearing pointy hats and everything is in black and white and everything's very easy and good people are always good and bad people are always bad. And so that was an interesting premise to set up before the show kind of got a little bit more deep. Up until this point, it had been pretty cheesy and they were really talking about a lot of more basic themes. But the show is also largely about growing up, so it's going to get more complicated and it's going to get more confusing, just like life does. I mean, it really doesn't get better, unfortunately. Um, okay, so that's Lie to Me. That was the longest Friends episode title ever. <laughs> the Dark Age, the one where you find out that Giles has a past and he was kind of kind of a rebellious sort of bad boy type. That's where you find that out. What's My Line Part 2? The one where you find out that Buffy's kind of sad about the fact that she's always going to be a slayer and like no one can do the job that she does so she's never going to really have a career which I have a lot of problems with and I'll be talking to you guys a lot about and I already have and I will continue to do so because she's a fucking badass. She could easily get paid for fighting crime. Giles gets paid to be a watcher. Why does she not get to be paid to be a slayer? I mean, just because it's a mystical calling. I mean, it's the kind of mystical calling that means that you really can't have any other life outside of it for the most part. So you should fucking get paid for it. Don't you think? It's pretty misogynistic that she doesn't get paid for it. Okay. What's my line part two? That's the one where you find out the Buffy is not the only chosen one anymore. Because, um... She died for like a second in Prophecy Girl, the last episode of season one. And so anytime a Slayer dies, the next one is called, which means there was one called, even though she was immediately revived from drowning by Xander. So that's what's my line part two. Ted, the one with the awful dude dating Joyce. The awful, the one where the awful guy dating your mother is actually a robot. There you go. Bad eggs, the one where your sex ed or health ed experiment goes very, very wrong and turns into like alien. <laughs> that episode was bad, but like I gave it a three, a three for my score 
out of a possible 25. That's how bad that episode is. Um, okay, here. Okay, we're getting serious now. Episode. Let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Episode 13 of season 2 aired on January 19th. 1998 originally surprise the one where Buffy does it with Angel Innocence aired the very next night they didn't make you wait very long for the second part of this very dramatic two-parter Innocence the one where um little uh unexpected switcheroo it's not Buffy that lost her innocence when she had sex for the first time, but rather it was Angel because he turned bad and lost his soul after having one little orgasm. <laughs> the one where Angel goes bad after having an orgasm. Boys are so fragile, aren't they? <laughs> Phases. The one where you find out Oz is a werewolf. Bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. The one where Xander is a dumbass and tries to do a love spell, but it totally backfires and hilarity ensues. But it's actually not that hilarious. It's actually kind of scary. Passion. The one where Angel breaks Jenny's neck and doesn't even drink her blood. Doesn't even have the respect to drink her blood. Every time a vampire kills someone on screen and doesn't drink their blood, it's just such a waste. And I mean, I think they did that on purpose because it was supposed to be very dismissive, but that's just crappy. Okay. Killed by death. The one where, uh, they try to do like Freddy Krueger, I guess. The one where it's an homage to Nightmare on Elm Street, basically. I only have eyes for you. That is the one where there's a poltergeist in high school, in the high school from um, like the dead ghosts of a teacher slash student that were dating each other and one of them killed the other one and themselves. So the teacher was a woman and probably realistic realistically only like 10 years older than the kid and then what would happen is everybody would get possessed by these poltergeists and like play out the last 10 minutes of their lives and Buffy was the one that played that got inhabited by the dude and it was all like playing out all some super emotional shit with Angel because Angel was the one that got inhabited by the girl ghost and they played out the whole scene and this time they were able to get closure. The ghosts were able to get closure because Angel's a vampire so he couldn't die from a gunshot and falling off a balcony like the teacher originally did. Because every time someone else was inhabited by these ghosts, one of the two people would die and nothing would get resolved. And the ghost of the kid all he needed was closure and forgiveness. And there's that great speech where like Buffy is over identifying with this kid and she's being really like harsh and saying that no one should ever forgive him because she feels guilty 
for taking Angel's soul away. I mean, it's really not her fault, but she feels bad about it. So she's over-identifying with this ghost, which is why that's the one that inhabited her. But anyway, Giles is like trying to say, he says that great thing about forgiveness is not done because, um, because you deserve it. It's because you need it. So I think that's a good quote. It's like, not always like it's not up to the person that has to give the forgiveness i mean they shouldn't feel obligated to give it just because a person needs it but sometimes sometimes that's applicable i think anyway <laughs> i only have eyes for you the one where there are poltergeists in the high school and Buffy and Angela are inhabited by them momentarily to provide closure for the ghosts. And it's very emotional. One of my top 10 episodes of all time. That's why I talked about it so much. Go Fish. The one where the swim team are turning into fish monsters. This is like creature from the Black Lagoon or Blue Lagoon. I know one of them was Brooke Shields. I don't remember which is which. Becoming part one. This is the first part in the two-part series at the very end of season two, so we're almost caught up. Becoming part one is the one where you see a lot of flashbacks to Angel's past and Buffy's past. You get to see her getting called as a slayer. It's all about Basically, the moral is all about choices that people make that change the course of their lives forever. Or choices that were made for people, in Buffy's case, because she was chosen. She didn't choose the life of being a slayer. So you see her get called because that changed her life forever. You see Angel get turned into a vampire, which changed his life forever. And you see him get his soul, get re-ensouled, which changed his life forever. Um... You also get to see some flashback of Drusilla, I think, where you get to see her changing. Basically, you get to see her react to the torture of Angel, unfortunately. So now that I'm looking back on it, like Drusilla's, all of Drusilla and Buffy's, there were a lot of parallels between Drusilla and Buffy. And both of them were, their becoming moments were reactions to other people telling them who they were going to be, essentially. Because Angel was the one that drove Drusilla insane and then turned her into a vampire. So he was the reason for two huge moments in Drusilla's life that were done to her, not choices that she made. So... That's kind of unfortunate. Although it is the same with Angel. So maybe it's okay. Because he didn't choose to be a vampire. Darla made him a vampire without his consent. And he didn't choose to get his soul back. That was without his consent as well. So, okay. I'm going to call that one a wash. <laughs> um, but it's all about becoming moments, this two-part series. And I think it's kind of deep, actually. So in becoming part two... That's the one where, oh God, this is going to be a long list. The one where Buffy gets expelled from school. Kendra dies again. Drusilla kills her first goddamn slayer. She kills Kendra and she doesn't drink her blood, which I call major bullshit on that. 
If you're a vampire and you kill a slayer, you're gonna drink the slayer blood. You're gonna. Okay? I just really need them to not have done it that way. She could have killed her the same way that she killed her, but then drink her blood as soon as she kills her, you know? Like, <sighs> anyway. So, becoming part two, the one where Buffy gets expelled from school. She's wanted by the police. Joyce kicks her out the house. Um, she has to kill her boyfriend. Not only does she have to kill her boyfriend, but the becoming moment of Willow is that she just re-insoled Angel. She tr the becoming moment for Xander is that Willow told him to tell Buffy that she was going to retry the spell to re-insole Angel. And he didn't tell her. He just decided not to tell her. He was supposed to tell her to stall because she was going to kill him and he was supposed to tell her to stall as long as possible because Willow was going to try the spell again. And he decided not to tell her and that was a pretty big deal. So kind of interesting. I didn't think about it this way, but in Becoming Part 1, it was all a bunch of flashbacks of things in your life that you had no control over that changed you forever. And Becoming Part 2 were all about things that changed you forever that were your choice. Because Buffy will never be the same after she chooses to kill Angel. And this is a theme that is brought up many times in Buffy. This is the first time you're listening to one of my Buffy recaps. Uh, spoilers are all over the place. I constantly talk about something that happens two years in the future or whatever. Um, this is a show for people that either don't mind spoilers or have seen the whole series. So there's your warning. Um, I don't know. I just think there are a lot of podcasts out there that don't do spoilers. And, um, I don't know. I just, for me, if, if I'm obsessed with something enough to want to listen to a podcast about it, it means I've seen the whole goddamn show at least five times. And so for me personally, I like spoilers. So just so you know, there are spoilers. Okay. I didn't need to explain to you why there were spoilers, but I did. So here we go. What was I even talking about? Okay. The theme of Okay, so the very end of Becoming Part 2, she's just had a huge fight with her mom because she was outed as a slayer in front of her mom. So this is the first time her mom knows that she's a slayer and she just had a big fight with her and it was kind of, you know, an emotional fight where basically Joyce was telling her she was not allowed to leave the house and Buffy literally had to save the world <laughs> so she couldn't stay home. And Joyce said, if you walk out that door, Missy, don't even think about coming back. And Buffy walked out the door because she had to. She had to save the world. She made the choice to leave home, even though she took her mother seriously. Like, her mom was really just, like, you know, angry and didn't want her to leave. She didn't really mean it. But Buffy took her seriously and she made the choice. She made the choice to leave the house. And, you know, that's a big deal. 
She also made the choice to kill Angel. So he was reinsold at a moment where it was a point of no return. There was like a portal that had opened that the only thing it could that could close it was Angel's blood. And she knew that. And since it had already opened, because Xander made the choice to not tell her to stall... I mean, it's possible she... I mean, there was a long fight. It's possible... I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. She knew once he was reinsold, because the spell worked at the last minute, literally, well, beyond the last minute, because the portal was already open and it was too late. Or it hadn't opened yet, but, like, the process had already begun. So she had just realized that, like, she was hugging him and she just realized that, like, he was back, you know, after months and months of him being an evil asshole, he was back and she was hugging him and the portal was behind him and she saw it open and she had to kill him. And what I think is interesting... <laughs> I mean, I guess this is called previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so it doesn't matter that I'm, like, telling you way too many details about the last episode. Because you guys need to get get back in the mindset. It's been four months, you know? Anyway. So this theme is brought back up many times in Buffy. She made the decision to sacrifice the person that meant the most to her. That she had been without for months. The person that... I mean, she didn't have anything. She had just been expelled from school. She was, the police were after her and she got kicked out of the house. You know, she was without resources and she still had to kill her boyfriend. A teenage girl had to kill her boyfriend. I mean, that's a pretty big emotional thing. And what, okay, I gotta like actually get to the point. I find it interesting that throughout the series of Buffy, this is brought up several times. There is a point, um, so she made the choice to sacrifice Angel to save the world, the end of season two. In the, at the end of season five, she has a similar choice to make where her sister was also a key. It's the same type of situation where a portal opened and only the blood of either her or Dawn could close the portal. So she sacrificed herself in that case. And before she even realized that she could sacrifice herself to shut the portal, she knew that if the portal opened, it could not be closed unless Dawn was thrown into it. And she told everyone that she was unwilling to sacrifice Dawn to save the world. She would rather the entire world go down. And um, she, she just basically threatened everybody. If you go near her, I will kill you. I'm not doing that again. I had to sacrifice Angel to save the world and I'm not going through that again. So I find that interesting that they decided to make that a plot point that they revisited. So then they do it again. It's, when is it? It's at the, I don't know if it's during season six or seven. It's probably season seven. And it's just sort of one of those things that's brought up kind of casually about how she said, she said something like, I sacrificed Angel to save the world. 
and I couldn't sacrifice Dawn. And then somebody asked her, you know, like, if you had to do it again now, would you? And she basically admitted that she would not. She admitted that she'd come back around to knowing that the entire world is more important than one person. Which is obviously, like, you know, a hero storyline. That is, that is the thing that's brought up a lot. That sometimes you have to sacrifice something big to you in order to save the entire world. That's a savior thing. But um, I just think it's cool that we get to see her change her mind about that and actually be impacted by the emotional decisions that she's been forced to make as a slayer. And we get to see her change her goddamn mind, not once, but twice, you know? And I just think that's cool. And of course, I'll be talking about that again whenever we get to all those plot points. But um, so yeah, that's it. We're all caught up. What do you guys think? Are you excited about next week? Um, I will be much more consistent with my recording whenever we're getting into this because um, I'll have to be. I want to make sure and have every podcast episode up the day sometime during the actual day, Central Standard Time, that the original episode aired 20 years ago. So let's just look ahead a little bit. Let's do some some looking ahead. So next week, we get to do the first episode of Season 3. And then we're pretty consistent. Wow, that's nice. We're pretty consistent until mid-December. So the Christmas episode amends... After that, we do have to wait almost a month, but we're pretty consistent every week up until then. So that will be nice for a change, actually. I think there's like one two-week thing in there, but for the most part, wow, that's nice. Oh, there's a couple two-week things in there. Anyway, (laughs) just for the coming future, I'm actually going to have an episode of this podcast up every week almost. Um, Let's get my promotional shit out of the way and then I will let you guys go and we'll be back next week to talk about Anne, episode one of season three. So if you would like, if you've been listening this summer and you enjoy my mom and I doing movie reviews, I'm going to continue doing that on my Patreon feed. So it'll sometimes just be me reviewing movies, sometimes me and other guests, sometimes me and my mom still. We're going to continue doing that. I plan to have an episode up about once every two weeks still. Um, I don't have my first one up yet. Um, I would think it would probably be up in the next week or two. Um, It just depends if I can get everything. I mean, at the most... Let's see, I have a vacation coming up, so I'm going to, like, try to record as many of those in that vacation as I possibly can. So at the latest, it'll be, like, two weeks from now, there'll be another episode up. So I'm basically just going to, I think I'm just going to review movies, maybe do, like, some personal podcasts every once in a while. And I'm open to feedback on that um, for any of my patrons. So you can, the only way that you can listen to that special movie reviewing feed 
is um, if you wait for the summer, which I think it'll probably be a thing that I do during the summer for free for regular podcast listeners. But if you'd like the episodes throughout the year, you can become one of my patrons. So in order to do that, it is patreon.com slash mixtress ray. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash mixtress ray. And that link is also in the podcast description notes. Um, what else we got? If you would like to just send me a one-time donation because you like what I do, but you don't necessarily want to give me monthly monies, you can do that on PayPal. And that is paypal.me slash mixtress ray. M-I-X-T-R-E-S-S-R-A-E. And that will be on the, in the link or in the podcast description notes and stuff too. So I'm really excited, you guys. I will see you next week with finally, finally, the first episode of season three. I'm so excited, you guys. Do you realize, okay, do you realize we only have until October 13th before we finally meet Faith. Oh man, I'm excited. I love Faith so much. I'm really excited. Like the coolest thing about this project is watching it in real time is so interesting because it really feels like, you know, you're letting the And the way that I do it, you know, like in order to talk about it for the podcast, you know, I'm taking notes, I'm watching the episode at least two or three times. I'm like reading books about, you know, reading stuff about the episodes and other people's theories on what they mean and shit like that. And I'm just so like engaged in it that it just makes it so much more fun than just like mindlessly sitting on the couch watching episodes, binging, which is also a valid lifestyle choice. Don't feel bad about binging TV shows. We all need to do it. But if you ever have occasion to really like dive into one of your favorite shows and like take it really fucking seriously, (laughs) it's a lot of fun. So I am just really giddy anticipating this season especially because in the past I've always called season three my favorite season. So it's going to be interesting watching it in this context of being super studious of it and critical of it, if it's still going to come out on top. Um, But I'm really excited because Faith is really honestly, like of all the characters on Buffy, like I'm not really that much like her, but I identify with her and I empathize with her the most out of any non-vampire character on Buffy. Um, I don't know. I, I love her a lot, even though she is kind of awful a lot of the time. And I wish we got to see more of her, but this is the season of faith. So I am very excited about it. Um, Okay, so that's it. I will see you guys in less than a week. September 29th, back to season three. Back to Buffy the fucking Vampire Slayer. Fucking finally. Okay, bye!